Comic News, episode 203. I am one of your hosts, Chris, alongside my co-host, Mike. Hey. <laughs> I think I had something to say before your name, but then I yeah. hit the mic with my You head head headbutted again. the mic as you said three, and I was like, damn, he's really excited about the number three. <laughs> that was awesome to watch. I'm excited uh, about that Bodoc trailer is what I'm excited about. Yeah, I mean that's you can't wait to talk about that. But uh, uh, today on the show we have um, very special guest uh, John Della Rose. Uh, we're going to talk about his awesome, awesome project on Indiegogo, um, uh, Days Vault, and uh, stick around for that. But uh, before that, I guess we'll just jump into the news because we got we don't Chris wants to talk about Modoc so. Got to get there, huh? Your yeah. uh, your dreams are finally coming true. It's, it, I'm I'm happy for you, buddy. I, it, I, you as know. a wise man once said, things are turning up Millhouse around here. <laughs> Amazing. Um, and I'm getting a crime syndicate number one next week. So, <laughs> dude, I'm stoked about that. Next, yeah. so not only are the books coming out this coming week really good. Yeah, but I was just doing the research for top five for the following week mm-hmm. and dude batman urban legends comes out oh yeah new superman with soon-to-be superstar philip kennedy johnson's coming out yep. yep um daredevil's coming out i know you don't like daredevil yeah, but black hammer visions 2 with jeff johns is coming out oh, yeah. and space bastards 3 is coming out so yep. spoiler alert for my top five because i just yep. gave it to you all, yeah yeah but. you just you just heard it here first awesome I, yeah it's man comics the snow is melted and comics are heating up. Let's go. All right. Uh, and Berserker next week. The uh, uh, That book, I, it's like every week. I'm like, is it this week? No, it's next week. Oh, is it next week? Is that uh, the Keanu Reeves book? Yeah, and, dude, this week's yeah. great, too. Like High yeah. Republic 3 is coming out. Yep. Uh, we'll talk about it later because we may have gotten early editions of it. But Noctera number one's coming out. Suicide. Yeah. Dude, it's comics yep. are good. Yeah, for sure. I don't know if everybody realizes, but comics are good. Yeah, they're good. Um, anyways, let's talk about TV news. Screw comics. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> Netflix Netflix released a quick teaser trailer for Jupiter's Legacy series. Uh, it also gives us a release date of May 5th. Out of nowhere, May 5th, we're getting Jupiter's Legacy. Um, yeah, we're getting the Millerverse finally, right? What do you think? Yeah, the trailer was the most ridiculous thing ever because it was just like a CG like zoom out of a building mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> but uh, all i saw was at the end may 5th jupiter's legacy and it was like i know nothing about this show because i can't remember there being casting right or any kind of announcements yeah and, and I, I think I'm, at this I'm, point they're gonna be like is this the boys <laughs> i'm yeah i'm down for it like yeah, I, i'm down for it yeah yeah we both sure. read jupiter's legacy as it came out and yeah. it's such an amazing series so yep. bring it on yeah they, they can do a lot of cool stuff with it um you know mark miller is really good at world building we've seen it uh with several movies tied to his properties so yeah and i was just saying like netflix doesn't have anything to watch lately i mean like hbo has been killing it hulu has been killing it um disney plus but i will say netflix uh or, or like HBO and this is my apparently this is my favorite rant I've been told uh, today, but HBO Max and Disney Plus, you need to step up your interface for the uh, oh, for like yeah. the app because the amount of times it's crashed on me just looking for a movie or something like that. I'm like, this should not be happening. 
Well, and this is basic app building 101, everybody. Right. So anybody wants to make an app to do these kinds of things, listen to me here. When I click on the show, yeah. it should bring me to the episodes. Right. It shouldn't just if play it, yeah. If it's under my continue to watch, you should still go to a section that goes to the episode, and then underneath it has the rest of the episodes for the season. You right. shouldn't just launch the damn episode. Yeah, right, right. Especially when you're trying to watch really bad Batman cartoons <laughs> and you don't want to watch it over and over again because yeah. they're really bad. You just want to watch the one you have to watch. Yep. Yep. No, makes sense. Um, but, but anyways, yeah. As far as but. Netflix, literally, I think the best thing they've come out with in the past this year is The Crew. And that's only good because I like uh, what's his name? The uh, Kevin James. Oh, yeah, I'm and a, I'm a sucker for sitcoms. Other yeah, than that, yeah. they've been yeah, they need to step up their game. Not a huge Kevin James fan, um, but anyways, Hulu talking about stepping up their game uh, released a trailer for the upcoming Modoc series, and we're getting that May 21st. March and May are going to be solid for what we can stream on TV. So, what do you think? Um, obviously, when this trailer came out, I watched it multiple times and yep. just sat in my room alone doing things that we can't talk about on the show. Mm -hmm. But I loved it. Like it was, we got that clip earlier, or actually, it was San Diego Comic Con last year, the yeah. virtual one. Yeah, and that was great. This is just more of that. It's got that robot chicken vibe. It's mm -hmm. got Patton mm -hmm. Oswalt style humor in it. Yep. It's got yep. Modoc, and that's all that matters. Yep. I, yeah, I want this so bad. Yeah, yeah, and like, I'm excited too. I, I really can, like the style. Can all the people out there just do me one favor? As soon as this show is done, cause I don't know if it's released all at one time or if it's week to week, but when this show is done, then you can destroy the world. But yeah. at least let me get to May 21st to watch one episode right. of Modoc. Yeah, just let it happen. Yeah, and then you could do whatever you want to the world and... Yeah, just yeah. Then it can blow up. It's fine. Yeah. After that, yeah. I'm good. Yeah. I can die happy. Um, TV show. Yeah, and then we got Disney Plus announcing release dates for two upcoming series. Uh, Star Wars Bad Batch is going to release on May fourth. What? Stay. Out of nowhere, like okay. And then Loki will release on June eleventh. Okay. Awesome. That's a good year for TV. Uh, yeah. May, I'm going to be ridiculously busy. Yeah. Like, what do you do in May? Oh, I'm sitting at home. Oh, so you're not doing anything? No, I'm watching things. No, no like, literally, it's this is what's going to happen is May 1st, uh, Biden's going to come out and be like, the virus is over. Everybody go back. Do Outside. all you want to do. <laughs> yep. Be happy yep. and celebrate. And I'll be like, fuck that. I got this Bad Batch and Modoc to watch. <laughs> I'm st I, wait, I can't. I'm going to stay on the couch. Like, can you give me another month, Biden? Come on. Yeah. Um, there, I keep seeing that meme on the internet. Of, uh, what? I sound so old when I say that. Hey, have you seen that meme on the internet? <laughs> Chris? Oh, my God. I sound like an old man. Welcome I don't know to my about. life. Uh, but I, it was a, it was like an old Renaissance painting of like a topless woman. And it was like, this pandemic has made me realize why every Renaissance painting is like, someone laying on a couch with their tits out. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I, yeah, just like couch potato for sure. Um, speaking of watching things on the couch, we watched WandaVision this week, right? Yeah, I did. Uh, one more episode, huh? This is, uh, 
things are getting wild in WandaVision. Um, another great episode. Chris, I want to hear your thoughts because I even, you know, my buddy Patrick texted me and was like, you know, you got to let Chris know this is how you do this. Is, his direct quote was, this is how you do a fucking origin story. Or this is how you fucking do an origin story. So I want to hear your thoughts. How are you dealing with an origin story eight episodes into a season? So let me. Let so me hear this. what I think this origin story is, is the birth of mutants in the MCU. Mm. Okay. So we basically go through all of Wanda's biggest moments in her life. Mm-hmm. And that first moment where the Stark, where we relive the moment from uh, uh, Age of Ultron. Yep. And the Stark missile comes in. They kind of say, like, it wasn't just coincidence. You made that happen. Which right. makes it think that she always had the power mm-hmm. all along. So maybe the mutants in the MCU have an X-Gene but something mm-hmm. outside of them has to trigger trigger it. it. Yep, yeah, there has to be and whether a, that's yeah. emotional distress, whether that's an affinity stone, blah blah blah. So I think that's what they're doing there. Um, I'm fine with them doing an origin for Scarlet Witch because it's not Batman, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Um, and as far as going back through her big moments, like I like the way they did the moment of her uh, when she joined Hydra and she mm-hmm. got to touch the Infinity Stone. Yep. Like reliving yeah. that and seeing a different perspective, that was good. They kind of rewrote the whole origin, but not a bad way, right? I mean, it wasn't yeah. like the, the whole kind of thing. It was like, yeah, well, she had, and it makes sense too. It's like, you know, a missile hits a home and your parents die, but you're still alive. Like, how does that happen? Well, you know, she had the gene the whole time. Yeah. And then yeah. two other quick things with that. I liked the kind of the birth of her and Visions like romance yeah that was a really cool scene to watch like their first interaction of like she was feeling lonely and he felt a need to like comfort her right so and then the thread to bring it all together not only this episode but the Mm -hmm. whole series Mm -hmm. was the fact that from a child till she grew older what was the thing that she shared with her parents and that she brought with her even after people in her life had died sitcoms yeah dude the exact sitcoms that they mimic right throughout the show. What what a way! And then we still have one more episode to go. But there's a couple couple more things I want to touch on. There's uh you know that whole thing with uh, rewriting the continuity. Um and I oh we got the we got the origin for uh what's her name the villain I can't remember Agatha Agatha that was a pretty cool like you know the witches burning thing I thought that was a really cool scene to start off with. Um, I really liked uh, to see her like in the olden times, like, oh, she was just an outcast from the other witches, you know, like, that's pretty interesting to see. Um, And then at the end, we get evil vision. (laughs) So real quick too, to go back to the origin thing. I want to say this is how comics used to do origins too. Right. Introduce character, bam, 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 bam. Yeah. 20 issues in. Oh, yeah. By the way, bitten by a radioactive spider. Right. You know. Right. This is it's not a new thing. But also um the the explanation for like getting Pietro back was like, oh, this is some random dead dude that I revived <laughs> was like kind of funny too. I'm like, wow, did she just like casually talks about necromancy? No big deal. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well yeah, and she makes the joke about like I would have brought back the real Pietro, but you know, necromancing from that far away would be tough, plus he's got all those holes in them. And yeah, I'm just he's like, got a bunch damn. of holes and I was like, What the hell? 
She's not holding the yeah. punches. Yeah. Um, that was pretty great. So the, yeah, the vision thing at the end. Mm-hmm. Well, also, sorry, we didn't bring this up. There's kind of a, a clash. Yep. That early on, they made it seem like Wanda just broke in and stole vision. Oh, and yeah. Away, right. Right. Which is not what happened. Yep. Because this one, we learned what really happened. And there seemed to be a very friendly, yet a little bit combative back and forth between Wanda and the guy who was running sheet or sword. Mm-hmm. And so I'm really wondering what's going on with him in the right. background yeah. because he's really pushing like, you know, she did wrong. Right. And that's not what happened. She didn't steal him. He, he was pretty much disassembling him and like pissed Wanda off was not sugarcoating it at all. And yeah, yeah. which is, I like the way they did that scene because from Wanda's point of view, he's an asshole, but right. from, but when you look at his point of view, like he's yeah. not wrong either. <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh no, he's definitely not wrong. Like the government owns vision. Right. And yeah. Yeah. He's and, like, a very yeah. powerful weapon. And plus right. he, at the end, he's like, yeah, it's like $3 billion in vibranium. Right. Right. You can't just bury the, the crap. Yeah. Um, so I'm wondering what's going on there. And yeah. then, then we get to that end credit scene. First of all, I want to say that was an homage to old vision comics. Or at least mm. old Avengers comics, because yeah. if you go back to really old Avengers comics, there's literally panels of people shooting Vision with lasers because mm. that's how he got his power. That's awesome. Was by absorbing like energy and like okay. radiation stuff. Okay. So I think really that's cool. what they're going for. Oh wow. Um, I wonder if that's the real Vision though. I think oh. they resurrected Vision. Oh. Because when Wanda goes to the house, the deed yeah. that Vision bought her. Yep. It builds the house and creates the reality. Mm-hmm. You see her create vision out of whole cloth. Right. She doesn't get his body and create him. Right. So oh. I think that's vision's body that they're resurrecting. Oh, that's the original vision. And she, she just has something. And she has creates. something that she created out of whole cloth. Wow. That's my thought. So I don't know if it's an evil vision, but it's a vision. Yeah. I was hoping we're going to get like a Terminator style fighting <laughs> or like Rambo versus, uh, you know, Rambo in the show, not <laughs> Sylvester Stallone Rambo. But uh, I'm interested because we got one episode left and we have right. a lot of threads to tie. Yeah. But the, I mean, it kind of ties into Rambo's new powers, right? It almost looks like she converts energy. And you said that that's how they're giving uh, Vision all this energy. We know like vibranium, it like takes energy and reverts it back, but she might be the key to holding him off or defeating him is like she can do the same thing almost so it's all tying together yeah, hmm. yeah. and then yeah. they also confirm what i uh had said and a thousand people had said but what i had said about her kids where in the comics she had created those kids out of the pure ability of magic right and those kids are real and she did create them yep so yeah. there's a lot of cool things going on here i want to i want more of but i'm like we have one episode left so i know Give me more. Um, Yeah, amazing show. And uh, let's talk about movies. Um, We we finally, after all the trolling on the internet, we got the uh, Marvel announced the upcoming Spider-Man movie will be titled Spider-Man No Way Home. Um, I'm guessing he's either in space (laughs) or he's in the multiverse, right? He's stuck in the multiverse, 100%. Mm. I have no doubt in my head that that's what's going on. Yes. You have what's going on in WandaVision. Yep. 
your next big movie outside of Black Widow is Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness. Yep. And then Spider-Man. And we've already seen, like, Electro from Amazing Spider-Man's coming in, and Doc Ock from Spider-Man's coming in, and, you know, this J. Jonah Jameson, we don't know who this is. Like, is he the one that's been here all along, or is he from a different universe? So... What I'm saying is, I think this is multiverse related, and I think we both said with the last Spider-Man movie, like it's our favorite Spider-Man movie at the very least, if not one of our favorite MCU movies. So, yeah, of course we're excited. Oh yeah, um, and I, I just I want Sam Raimi to be involved again. <laughs> like, if we're getting a multiverse, like, I mean, yeah, he's doing multiverse of madness, but like. Maybe get him in, involved a little bit with the like. Maybe they consulted him a little bit for this movie. I don't know. I mean, they got him in the they got him in part of the team, right? So yeah, he's in Multiverse of Madness, so yeah. he's definitely involved in like the plot threads that are going on. Yeah, but yeah, I personally, it would be nice. I love Sam Raimi. I love his work. Mm-hmm. But what the this new team has been doing with Spider Man, I say let them be. Yeah, like okay. let them do their thing. I'm I'm yeah. cool with tying it in with what Raimi's doing, but I think they know what they're doing and let them be. Okay, all right, I'll let you have that I one. Feel. Yeah, I'm just a huge <laughs> Sam Raimi fan. You know me. Yeah, um, yeah. So this is, this is interesting too. Warner Media is looking to reboot Superman um, in an upcoming film. This uh, this version of Man of Steel is said to be a man of color. And uh, has J.J. Abrams and uh, Ta-Nehisi Coates attached to it. Um, sure. I, I I have no problem with this. I'm going to miss Henry Cavill as Superman. Uh, we, we love Henry Cavill as Superman. If you want to do a Superman of color, though, if you want to reboot Superman, do it. Yeah, we don't... Like, I'm cool with him being a, a person of color. I think that's awesome. If you're going to reboot it, do a person, like, do it for a reason, right? Um, and I think that, I, I think that's a great reason. I think that's, why not, you know? I think there's nothing about Superman that says white guy. Exactly, right. But I kind, I'm with you. I kind of want, I mean, Henry Cavill's never coming back for a full movie. So, yeah, right, put right. it there. Yep. Um. Why'd you have to say that I, out loud, you son I, of a bitch? I, I'm that guy. That's why. I, uh, yeah. I wonder if this is a different multiverse Superman, though. Like, we have had black Superman before. Right. In uh, Grant Morrison's run in Action Comics, there was one. And then in Tom Taylor's Earth 2, there was one as well. They weren't mm-hmm. Clark Kent, Kal-El, but they were black Superman. Right. So I wonder if that's the route they're going, or if they're literally just going to say, no, Clark Kent, Kansas, black guy. Whatever they do, as long as it's a good story, I'm cool with it. And the thing that, like you said, no, you know, nothing about Superman says white guy. It's like the, the premise of Superman is he looks like one of us. And there's been a lot of people that have seen Superman that are probably like, well, he doesn't look a lot like one of me. You know what I mean? He doesn't look like my my specific group of people. So I think it's great. I mean, and the fact that J.J. Abrams is involved, um, it's it'll be a great uh, first movie for sure. Well, well I don't want to. Okay, I don't want to shit on J. We I love J.J. Abrams and I've loved everything that he's done. Just don't let it go on for nine seasons 
and then leave him in limbo. I'm talking about you, Lost. But anyways, um, I think... I, I think, think if his company is involved, I don't know. Okay. Like, he, his name's attached because his yeah. company's doing it. I don't know if he's directing it, though. That would oh, be okay. interesting. Yeah. Because it would be a, a 180 from Snyder. Yeah, and we would definitely get a nod to uh, Richard Donner's Superman. There's no way he would ever, like, not give that section of movies, you know, a little bit of, at least a, I don't know, some type of love letter, I feel yeah. like. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, this is this is this is good news. This is interesting news to me. I like that Warner Brothers is seeing this as an opportunity to do stuff like this. I don't care. Just give me more DC movies, and you know, don't mess it up. This is my only thing, Warner. You had a chance to do this about three years ago, mm-hmm. and the man who wanted to do it was a man by the name of Michael B. Jordan. Yeah, somebody better be on the phone with him to do yep. that. Yep, please, because. Uh, there, there isn't anybody else. <laughs> it, he's such a good actor. He is. Like, he is. It, it, it would be perfect in every way. Yep. No, I agree. Um, I really, I love Michael B. Jordan and uh, as Superman. Why not? We talked about this. I mean, it wasn't like when Creed was popular. We were talking about him. Like he would, and like Earth Two Society. Like he could have been that Superman for sure. Well, yeah, that's what it was like two or three years ago. He was yeah. running around saying, like, I want to do that. I want to yeah, do that right. guy. Yeah. Was it Val? Is it Val Zod? Yeah, Val Zod. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He wanted to do that version of Superman. Yeah. And everybody's just like, just let him do it. Like, who yeah, cares? Right. right. Well, he's got a name for himself now. So, yeah. Uh, but anyways, yeah. So some good news this week. But let's uh, let's jump to this awesome interview with John and uh, talk about Days of Vault. And we'll see everybody on the other side. Welcome back, everybody. We have yet another very special guest for us this week. Everybody, welcome to the show, John Del Arose. Welcome to the show, John. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. Uh, and, you know, you've done such cool stuff, um, you know, talking about artificial intelligence. And we could probably sit here and talk about that for a long time, but with AI war stuff. Um, but we like to do the origin story of of you and your hopefully love for comics. Um, I know you read some <laughs> comics, so let's let's start there and uh, and see where that takes us. So, where did it all begin for you? Uh, my aunt got me a subscription to Amazing Spider-Man when I was like eight or something like that uh, oh, for wow. Christmas, and then yeah. they just started showing up. I, I at, at Christmas I was kind of annoyed because she just gave me this card saying I had a subscription. I'm yeah, that's like, such a it's a lame present at the time. It sucks. <laughs> yeah. And then and then once it just started showing up in the mail, uh, I was very I was very happy. The first one that came was actually Amazing Spider-Man 375, which is that big gold cover with Venom and Spider-Man on it. Yeah. Uh, and oh, yeah. so it was all shiny. And that, yep. as an eight year old, I'm just I'm just like, yeah. wow. It's worth more because it's shiny. That's how it right. Goes. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah, of course. So I just started collecting from there, and uh, then I realized as I went to comic shops, uh, you know, whenever my mom would take me, that there was not just Spider-Man, that Marvel flooded the market with Spider-Man, and I had to, like, save up allowance to buy a spectacular Spider-Man, and Spider-Man, and Web of Spider-Man, and then Spider-Man Unlimited, and then I'm just like, this is insane, I can't can't afford this, and uh, I did anyway, just like everybody else. That's that's the bane of the the comic collector is like I can't afford this, but right. I gotta buy it anyways. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Do I, do I need all these tie-ins? Uh, sometimes it's exhausting, right? Of like, oh, 
and there's a superior Spider-Man now, and it's like, ugh. well, it's like yeah. I, I just went through the previews catalog today, and I was going through the Heroes Reborn stuff. I'm like, well, I want Heroes Reborn. Do I want all these tie? Yeah, I want all these tie-ins too. Is this how for, much is money this is this going to cost me? Yeah, for the the one that just came out this week. Okay, yeah. I haven't looked at that yet. Yeah, I um I've stopped getting single issues at all unless it's uh unless it's like a crowdfund indie creator at this point. Mm-hmm. So I, I just I get the big omnibus. Is I don't know. Are we? Is this a video podcast or is it not? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah, we do yeah. Video. Oh, okay, cool. Yep, yep. So I'll hold up a big omnibus for an example. Oh, yeah. I like these things because oh, uh, yeah. you know that the, you get twelve hundred pages and right. you know you're set for a while and yeah. uh, and and also it's it's useful as a blunt weapon if somebody tries to attack <laughs> yeah. it. So, yeah, yeah, nobody suspects you'll use a book, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, just so everybody knows, John has real comic cred. I saw on Twitter you recently got like a whole bunch of the old Valiant on the buses on the buys. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, all of them, as a matter of fact. So I've been meaning to pick those up for a while uh, because I've got a lot of the single issues, but I'm missing some key issues. And actually, bizarrely enough, like some of those like Harbinger number one is going for a couple hundred bucks now. Yeah. Uh, And it's like, I didn't even know people read Valiant. But uh, yeah, you could like you could (laughs) give those away. Maybe I don't know. Five to ten years ago, you'd be right. in like a twenty-five cent bin, and it'd be like all, all this Valiant stuff. You know what I mean? But I yeah, so they've got some omnibuses. Uh, Exo Man War goes up through, I think, issue twenty-five, mm-hmm. and uh, then Archer and Armstrong's complete. Ninja K is complete. Nice. Uh, Bloodshot goes up through issue twenty-five, and Quantum and Woody's complete. So uh, I really do want to get the second half of Bloodshot or mm-hmm. uh, Exo Man War rather, and Bloodshot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and then they're coming out with Shadow Man later this year, which is going to be the first half of that series. Now, I've got the whole run of Shadow Man in single issues, but oh. I don't know. I don't like single issues. I would rather just have a giant book like that yeah. uh, on my shelf that looks pretty. Right. And what I've noticed about like moving a couple times with my long boxes is like, number one, they're heavy. And number two, you can't <laughs> really, you can't display these like ugly boxes. <laughs> No, like, you, know, you can't put them on a shelf. And be like, yeah, look at that. It's really. Cool. I mean, they've done better the last couple of years. They put out those like print boxes with like actual characters on them. And yeah, stuff like that, that, yeah, that look nice. But mm-hmm. um, I mean, even then, like, it's, it's still a box. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it's, it's not that impressive. I still uh, I like those because I get my all my Captain America issues are in Captain America boxes now. Mm-hmm. So it's like really nice when I open the door and I'm just like, oh, look at those pretty boxes. <laughs> Close the door so nobody can see them. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, I mean, you that's I think that's the first like um, introduction to comics we heard of where like a loved one signs someone up for comics. Usually it's like you know oh you can't you know comics are bad you can't read those it's not good reading material but that's so awesome that she introduced you to it yeah i would have that's never really gotten it i don't know that that's awesome if i want to look at well, the money i've, I've yeah, lost. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about perspective right um but yeah so i mean eventually you had your own ideas for writing and stuff like that and was that what kind of got you into it, it was like i could do this um, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I toyed with it. I, I realized I've been toying with it longer than I thought. There was a class in college where they actually did, they have, uh, University of, uh, of California, Berkeley has uh, these like student run classes where you, you sign up and you, you get to take some extra things and, and uh, do some pop culture stuff and, and have fun with it, mm-hmm. which is good. It gets, it gets you together with some like-minded people. So I went to a comic class there. And I was the bit, I was the only one there, interesting, because I'm at Berkeley, so these are all a bunch of hipsters. Yeah, so oh yeah. Only one sure. there, and I'm just like, I just buy my Marvel comics every month. Yeah. And everybody else is just like, I like old EC comics or Adrian Tomine, you know, like I've got these <laughs> yeah. like these fancy books. And and I, I never was exposed to any of that before that. 
And I, I, I still, at the time, I was like, I'm sticking with my Marvel comics because all these are a bunch of hipsters. Mm-hmm. Then, like, later on, I started to get into those, too. And I'm like, oh, I get why they're into these now. Yeah. But I just wanted to write superheroes back then. Um, and I found in my garage, like, a little notebook where I started scripting, mm. uh, like, from that class. And it was very bad. It, oh, it was yeah. awful. But uh, <laughs> that, that apparently was my first attempt at comic books. And uh, I'm going to upload that uh, as a picture for my Patreon people later next oh, month that's awesome because uh, it's pretty funny I, yeah. but <laughs> i don't it's cringy yeah. but uh then uh i i just kind of gave up on it for a while I just like after that class i just didn't think about it for a long time uh i started writing my novel probably after college and started thinking about it on 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 that level of writing uh and then i like got i really just like started writing comic books because i got mad uh because mm. I, I kept getting mad at comic books yeah um which is irrational but i i did and uh it the first mad incident where i just like i i really just rage quit and started you know throwing things away and things like that was of course one more day in spider-man because i was still i was like i had spider-man because i was subscribed to it since i was a kid right and then uh and then they just like blow up this marriage thing and he makes a deal with the devil and i'm like this is not spider-man this is garbage (laughs) (laughs) so I got really mad. I yeah. rage quit. I quit Marvel Comics 100%. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I backed off to like only like Batman's titles at the time. And then I started getting, uh, after that, like it, that was around Cassandra Cain, Batgirl era. Okay. Okay. And then I liked that. And then that can't, then that was canceled. And I, I kind of understood that Cassandra Cain, I think was better at the front end of the series than the back end of the series. Yeah, right. Um, sure. So by the back end, I'm like, yeah, I don't care that much at this point. And then they launched Stephanie Brown Batgirl. Mm-hmm. And when I, and when I read Stephanie Brown Batgirl, I was like, I freaking love this. This is yeah. so well done. Like this right. should be a TV series. Like, mm-hmm. it's like, it's great. You got Oracle, like the old Batgirl, like training her, like she's Obi-Wan. Right. It's just yeah, like, this is awesome. really sweet. Yep. Um, and I loved the character and I loved it. And then suddenly they're just like, nope, new 52. <laughs> We're yeah. just cutting it off. We're not explaining it. And uh, yep. Gordon is Batgirl again. And uh, and you can just go stuff it, comic book fans. Yeah, right, right. And I, at that point, I really rage quit again. I'm like, I'm never buying a Marvel or DC book ever again. Mm-hmm. Uh, these people just burn me at every turn. Yep. And, and, and then I started thinking, and I'm like, you know what? I'm so mad. I'm just going to write my own Stephanie Brown sort of character, and I'm just yeah. going to make it. And that turned out to be my Flying Sparks comic uh, as it developed. Uh, so mm-hmm. I've got kind of that vibe a little bit. We don't. Have, there's no like Obi Wan training her so much. There's a little bit, uh, but it's not. It's not as pronounced as the Oracle thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, yeah, I just wanted a blonde superhero girl who wasn't very good at it and was like struggling to like get through college and try it and like yep. and have that whole personal element to it too. Right. And so, uh, so I just that's what really prompted me to make make my own was just rage quitting comic books. Yeah. There you go. It's, yeah. it's funny, like, New 52 is where it happened because, like, a lot of people jumped on there, but a lot of people got hurt there, too. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, especially current fans, right? Like you said, I mean, the, the like, break in the continuity was kind of just, like, it's a little jarring. For yeah, people. and I kind of get it. I mean, you, yeah. you really do got to get that jumping on point for people um, in mm-hmm. comics. But, um, I mean, at this point, they're, now DC is doing it every, like, 18 months resetting their universe it seems like it's crazy yeah so um and i mean there yeah that's that's what they got to do to like get people to buy the the issue issue ones always sell right you know number one is always going to sell but uh, i've noticed they stopped 
some of the numbering systems in their uh, trade paperbacks, which is pretty smart. Mm -hmm. So uh, I read these books called Epic Collections. Do I have one near me? Uh, which Marvel puts out. They're, they're thick trade paperbacks. They're like four or 500 pages. Yep. And they're usually like a whole run or like a, a, or a large chunk of things that like you can just read by itself. And they try to format it so that it's, it's uh, pretty self-contained. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I really got into loving those, especially because you get back and read the '60s books and '70s right. books, which you know a lot of them I hadn't read before, mm -hmm. um, at a cheap at a cheaper price. Yeah. And so, uh, but what they did on those spines is they stopped. They did. They didn't ever put like volume one, volume two, volume three on the spine. Right. They just put like Spider-Man, you know, Craven's Last Hunt on the spine. So it's yeah. a storyline. And so DC started doing that with uh, at least recently with this. Uh, I, I noticed it with. Um, Hawkman, Robert Venditti's Hawkman. Mm -hmm. They didn't put they they put the numbering on the, of the volumes on the back rather than on the spine. Yep. So when you grab it and look at it, you're looking at that story. You're not looking at like the, right. the number. And I think that comics are going to have to move more towards that. I mean, if you think about it, it makes more sense. I mean, the numbering thing kind of doesn't make sense at this juncture yeah. anyway. Especially Hawkman. It's like what? How many times? What? They... What is <laughs> it at this point? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> his his uh, origins was going on for about thirty years now. They still can't figure it out. Like which Hawkman is it? Who knows? Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> um, yeah, we. I think we spent like a whole episode talking about that, but. <laughs> Yeah, and I, it's actually something I noticed too because I was in uh, Bar I stopped in Barnes and Noble yesterday, and the like the DC started doing it with um, the DC stuff. There wasn't like you know DC's Volume One. This is like okay, this is Tom Taylor's storyline, and now this is his next storyline that he did, right? Uh, like the Unkillables or whatever, which was a continuation. But if looking at that trade, you wouldn't know. You know what I mean? Now the it's only like the only problem with it is for the complete. I'm a completionist, so it's mm -hmm. like. Right. I, if I'm going to go get uh, all of Jason Aaron's Wolverine, you know, I, I want to go find, you know, which one's first, et cetera. And I, I found that a problem with the, the omnibuses because you got Wolverine by Jason Aaron, then you got Wolverine goes to hell, then you got Wolverine and the X-Men. Yeah, and it's right. like, which one do I start with? I don't know. And I had to like research it online before actually mm -hmm. going out and grabbing those, uh, mm -hmm. which, which is kind of, kind of obnoxious, but yeah. I don't know. I guess for most, I guess for most like casuals, like which they want more because casuals are probably 80% of comic mm -hmm. buyers, right? Yep, yep. Uh, you know, it's not a big deal and it's probably more helpful for them. So mm -hmm. I guess I should just be happy with that. Yeah. yeah. Well, and they figure people like us are buying the singles anyways. The, yeah. We're going to buy it all anyway. Yeah, we're not, a, people yeah. like us are going to buy the single, then yep. we're going to buy the trade, and then we're going to buy the hardcover omnibus yeah. also. So they know yeah, they've got us three times. Yes. Yeah. It's like, why do I have three different iterations of Invincible Comics? I have no idea why. <laughs> <laughs> like, why do I have it on my shelf? I hope uh, it was worth it, bro. <laughs> yeah. No, me too. Um, but yeah. So, I mean, after New 52, I that, like, we've, we've seen such a, I don't know if this is the last few years, maybe you could talk about it a little bit, but there's been a really, I think increased interest in indie comics and third party stuff. Like, you know, I, I, I know image got popular over the years and stuff like that, but, um, and I don't know if it's like Kickstarter or Indiegogo that's really helped with that. Um, but I don't know what you've seen. Uh, yes. Uh, crowdfunding availability has definitely made it a, a thing where indies can really make money. Uh, cause you can, you can set a price point to where you kind of know you're going to make money or know you're at least going to break even on things. I mean, uh, you know, even these ones that are hyper successful that you look at, uh, you got to realize they're, I mean, they're not bringing home a ton of money at the end of the day. Right. Um, I, I think, uh, I think we hit our goal on ours day one, but our goal day one, uh, you know, my artists and I are collaborating and, you know, we're, we're each going to bring home at, at our goal, 
for a full graphic novel, like, you know, probably around a thousand dollars, maybe less mm -hmm. at that. And for the amount of work we put into it, that's just kind of, kind of ridiculous. Right. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Took us part, took us probably half a year of work to make this. Mm -hmm. So if you look at that on an hourly rate, right. <laughs> it's yep. like, okay, Starbucks <laughs> is working at Starbucks is better than that. Um, so <laughs> yeah. it's not the best, but, um, but it does allow that avenue to be opened. And so as, as they get a little more successful than that, uh, you, you have a lot of people who can just check things out and then get spread word of mouth and you don't have to deal with a distributor and you don't have to deal with, uh, the comic shops and all that. Uh, you know, and it's really hard for indies to get into comic shops. I mean, if you look at the comic mm -hmm. shops, they're very incentivized just to carry as much of the Spider-Man and X-Men and Batman as possible. Right. And then mm -hmm. kind of, you know, the indies, they'll kind of shove them in a corner or something like that. I mean, even, even if they're really nice people and they're trying to promote them, it's like people don't come in there for that. It is not their bread and butter. And so when you're trying to sell an indie comic book to a comic shop, first off, you have to do a print run of like 2000 for Diamond right. uh, to even accept it. Yep. And that's just for, and, and then your first issue will sell really well. Probably that mm -hmm. 2000 might go through for issue number one, because everybody buys number one. Mm -hmm. But what happens is like, there's a 50, 60% drop for issue number two, no matter how good it is. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, the only instances this doesn't happen is like, like one in a million, right? So you're right. talking like Walking Dead and that's it, yep. right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but at that point, you're, you're sitting on a thousand for inventory and then you've sold a thousand. And, and not only that, but for the issue, you have to sell them at 50% of, di of diamonds cost and then 50% of the comic shop cost. If you're doing $3.99, uh, you're talking like two dollars for the issue, then one, you know, one dollar for the issue, and then it probably costs you fifty cents to print the issue. Right. So you're you're sitting on like fifty cents an issue, and if you're splitting that between a creative team, you know, you're getting less than a quarter a book each, and even if you sell a thousand copies, yeah. you're not doing well there. Right. So it's it's really it's really terrible, uh, unfortunately. But Kickstarter has opened that up, and I also think that just like uh, the culture is kind of shifting because. People are starting to realize, that, you know, honestly, you don't need another Batman story. You don't need another Spider-Man story. It doesn't make sense that these characters are perpetually 25 years old and single. Uh, you know, it's like, what do you do? What are they doing at this point? I mean, they've got 18,000 stories of them and like all the iconic ones that like are really from the 60s, 70s and 80s at this point. Mm -hmm. uh, you, get, you get a good one here and there. That, right. that, that bucks the trend, of course, but it's right. like you don't need your 18,000th Batman story where he doesn't develop as a character. Yeah. And uh, so people are starting to turn to a different market, which makes sense. Cause if you look at Europe comics or Japanese comics and all that, they have their stories, they have their characters, they develop mm -hmm. and then it ends and then they yep. do their next thing. Yep. So sometimes you'll do a sequel, but you won't get like, uh, you know, you won't get 18,000 different artists and, and writers just all doing one character. It's like yeah. Batman's fighting the Joker again. Uh, again. The yes. Joker was behind it all. Uh, again. Yes, again. <laughs> like, he refuses to kill him. Yeah. Uh, again. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, my, like, oh, maybe he'll actually kill him this time. No, he won't. It's like, nope. Oh. And even if he did kill him, he's yeah. back next month yeah, anyway. Right, right. <laughs> he's actually on vacation. You, yeah, that's, yeah. He didn't actually die. So, like, I, I'm not going to make out to be, like, we're not, Mike and I, we're not suckers for this stuff, because we oh, are. Oh, yeah, I love it. Yeah. At, oh, the, sa at the same time, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it, does get, <laughs> it does get frustrating. Like, you know, I, I jumped into Tom King's Batman late, and he was attempting to do that. all these things you're talking about. And what happens? Because he didn't have joke, him fighting the Joker in issue 100, that, get him off the fucking book. Let's get somebody <laughs> yeah, else. Yeah, right, right. Oh, it's terrible. And then you find out, like, 
the tertiary character, like the Hawkmans of the world, like the ones yeah. that nobody really pays attention to. Right. The writers actually get a little more flexibility and their artists get a little more flexibility to where they can actually do interesting stories. So right. it's like, you almost want to find something like, like that. And I, I, I keep, I was thinking about that before, but mm -hmm. I mean, I love that book. I mean, Diddy just yeah. killed it on that. Oh yeah. Um, and that, that's really where the, like even the big two comics shine are really not their flagship titles because they are incentivized to keep those at their iconic state because right. they want the movies and then all that. So if you've got a property where it's not the movies, uh, you definitely get a little bit better value for the stories, I feel like. And I agree with that because like the last, like the best DC uh, character title that I read over the last couple of years was uh, Dial H. Uh, was that the Sam Humphreys uh, run, I think? Is that um, the one that's done in the uh, in the deluxe hardcover now? Yeah. Yep. That's. I need to pick that up. I, th I think it's yeah. like twelve issues, and they they did that alongside of uh, um, the Wonder Twins too. That was another book that was twelve issues. They're like they're like oh yeah, you guys take these and do whatever you want with them, pretty much, because you know no who cares about the Wonder Twins or Dial H. Like Dial H was a book New Fifty Two that died at like the time, right. you know. So, uh, but it was like these these are amazing. <laughs> like, I, like, why is the Dial H the best book I'm reading right now? But yeah, it was all. And like yeah. Stephanie Brown Batgirl is another example. It's like, nobody really cared about Stephanie Brown. So he right. just could do what he wanted with her. Yeah, and that's why it right. worked really well. Yeah, yeah for sure. So let's talk uh, Day's Fault. Did I sure. Yeah, Day's Fault. Day's right? Vault. Yes. Day's Vault. Okay. Um, which number one, the, the, I like the fantasy setting and the art is amazing. Um, so give us the rundown of what this is, this story. This started uh, because we really uh, are kind of down on modern comics, partially for the reasons I talked about where characters can't develop and things right. can change, but partially just because of the way that stories have, have migrated now uh, to the right to trade mentality, I guess, mm -hmm. uh, to where like the, the, you really don't get much story in six issues where if you look at like 70s Conan the Barbarian, which is kind of the, you know, what this is... Uh, kind of homaging in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm, like a nod uh, to. You get a full story and more in, in 22 pages, always. Right. And yeah. so we went back to that. And, and then we also went to like, well, you know, the art style that a lot of people do lends itself towards these stories also, which, you know, we, we like that old 70s art style and, and that's what makes us happy too. So it's like, yeah. let's do the art style that way. Let's do the writing that way. And that's kind of where we started thinking about this. And uh, yeah, I was, reading a, I was reading a comic the other day uh, it was a uh, Scarlet Witch in the, the the James Robinson one, and it just had like within one issue it had multiple pages of nine panels of just heads talking mm -hmm. and like turning a little bit, and yeah. then there's like a ton of dialogue, and then there, each panel was just the same head. Right. And it's like you know you never go full Bendis. Yeah. Uh, but uh, <laughs> yeah. and I was just reading this, and I'm just like, this is such a trainer. I never want to see this. I never want to see a full page of heads talking like right. ever again. Right. Oh yeah. So we want we want to get back to action roots. We wanted to get back to uh, just like a full story in a single issue. Uh, mm -hmm. And we want to get uh, to like uh, just uh, a sense of heroism that's kind of lost these days. It, it, there's a lot of like heroic introspection these days yep. uh, where it's like, you know, it, Tom King's Batman is a great example of that. He just kind of sits there and broods in his bat cave about how he like really never solves anything. Right, we, right. Partially because there's 10,000 issues of this, but partially it's like, <laughs> you know, but I don't want to sit there and, and read whiny Batman, you know, at the same time. I don't. Oh, I want yeah. I want Batman to go out there and kick the Joker's butt if he's going to do it. Right, right. Uh, and so same thing. Like so, I wanted a hero like uh, like an old Conan who's just going to go out there, just yep. not be apologetic about it, right. and just uh, and just do what he needs to do. Yep. So we thought about that for a bit, and I didn't want to copy the barbarian theme or anything like that. I wanted my own thing. 
-hmm. And I noticed that there's not a lot of comics really set with medieval knights uh, as as like heroes at, at this juncture. I mean, there, there maybe were in the 40s and 50s, mm -hmm. uh, but that kind of went away too. And the medieval knight uh, with the concept of chivalry, the concept of like duty towards kingdom and God and all that yep. is a really cool, uh, cool spot to start. And mm -hmm. uh, everybody likes to subvert expectations, quote, with their, with their villains these days or heroes these days by making yep. them not heroic. Yep. So I'm going to subvert that expectation by making somebody just like very iconically heroic, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, and so the, I started from there, and I'm like, okay, well, I don't want to do a uh, his, historical piece or anything like that because uh, this is a comic book. So let's uh, let's let's jazz it up, Stan Lee <laughs> yeah. style, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so so I have him. So he he like classically like you know there's you go into the cave and you end up in this fantasy world that's that's comes from John Carter uh, from Edgar Rice Burroughs. So that started next, and so I'm like, okay, so he goes into this fantasy world. Uh, what do religious knights fight? Well, demons and, and Satan, you know, so yeah, this is going to be cool. Yeah. So we get that. And so we get all these demonic looking creatures, which are cool. And of course you need somebody to protect from the demonic looking creatures. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, what, it, what do people like that we can protect? Uh, and I was like, cat girls, everybody loves cat girls from anime. <laughs> Yeah. So, oh, uh, yeah. so we'll why throw not? that in there too. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? Uh, and, uh, and that's it. So it's really just the story of a knight who goes into a fantasy world. He's seeking the Holy grail, like very mm. classic. Yep. Uh, and we don't do the whole, none of the, like the coconut stuff, none no. of that stuff. No. Oh, it's, it's very serious. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> holy hand grenades. No, holy hand, grenades. Holy hand grenade. Event, oh, yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> that, uh, but of course you think of that's a classic movie too, even though right. it's funny, but, right. uh, but we didn't go, we didn't go comedy with it. We, I, I played it straight on that level. Cause again, yeah. that subverts your expectation. You don't expect somebody to play a straight right. play straight yep. on that. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, his, his quest leads him to having to free these people from oppression, uh, which is just classic hero story. Yep. So, uh, damsel in distress, evil evil tyrant who's evil just because he's evil because mm -hmm. uh, he's a demon yep. and uh, and then a, and then and then a personal quest and a quest to save a people so that's uh that's what days gold's all about at the end of the day yeah that's awesome and so he, you wrote yeah. this book thinking of me at night then is what you're saying <laughs> yeah i heard i heard conan the barbarian i heard <laughs> yes. satan and i heard knights and i'm in <laughs> what about cat girls yeah cat girls i mean what? He doesn't cat, want to admit the, it. The, the cat, oh, he, like, the, he, he doesn't want to admit it on screen. It's okay. okay. You can tell us after. We're done recording. Chris, <laughs> Listen, the, 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 the cat's uh, trailer kind of gave me nightmares, mostly because there's no buttholes there, and I was a little confused. But <laughs> Well, that's if that worries you, then that's a whole Jurassic Park thing, too. We could get into that, but yeah. Look, Elon Musk has tweeted that he is doing research into, like, genetically modifying uh, – cat girls into existence so if if yeah. that's the level of the zeitgeist that elon's in for this i figure i figure yeah, we're it's gonna sell oh yeah yeah i'm no, glad that elon brings me down so yeah yeah for sure let's go take me to space with some cat girls um but i mean okay so the project is on indiegogo it's already funded right but what i mean it's it's super popular almost at like 250 percent here of, with yeah. 24 days left but that doesn't mean to stop donating right i mean keep keep the money coming in for this book because... yeah i mean uh the you know the more we produce the the more comic you get and the more yeah. cool things we try to add to the comic mm -hmm. um right now i i think we're gonna add a nice nice uh old school style pinup for the next stretch goal okay at twenty five thousand, i really want to hit that because like we're gonna drop like a fantasy map because like mm -hmm. those are those are cool and like do yep. one of those like really cool looking fantasy maps for people to, to put into the book also so that yeah. you know we've got a bunch of stuff we'll just add value to the book as it goes along uh mm -hmm. which we're excited about 
And, uh, and of course, we just want more people to read this because that's, right. that's the whole point at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, so structure-wise, this is a full graphic novel. So it's, it's 66 pages in one book, which is more like the Euro-style comics. You know, mm -hmm. they, they, they yep. do like kind of a longer uh, story for that. It is a complete story. There's no, there's no like to be continued in this one. It's a full 100% done story. Mm -hmm. um, we, uh, I guess my artist yesterday just said he does want to do a sequel. So oh. I will have a sequel uh, okay, at great. this point. Uh, yeah. But it's, it, again, this is self-contained. So it's, it's not, it's not going to be one of those ones that like you need the second book to do the first because, you know, trying to change right. the way we do things here. Yeah. Right, right. Much like the old Conan books. Yeah. Exactly. Like so anyone that jumps in today, as this, you're listening to this, not only can you get the book, but you've already reached stretch goals to get extra comics, including some of your old stuff like Flying Sparks and Cosmic Warrior. Right. And you're going to get a short prose based on the, I'm assuming that's the cat character, Kit, Kitian? Yes, yes, those are the cat characters. Mm. Yeah. And if we keep it going, not only do we get what uh, John just talked about, but what he doesn't talk about is that at 30,000, which is what Mike and I really want, yep. uh, they're going to illustrate the short prose of Kitian's story. Yes, yeah, so you'll have a very nice, like, uh, very nice, like, classic pencil style illustration in there. Like, you know, like those old mm. classic uh, books that everybody had. Right. I want everything just to be like something you would have got in the 60s or 70s. Like, yeah. that's that's my entire goal. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, this is, it's, you still got 24 days left to donate and, um, anybody that will, will always put the link below the video. Um, yeah, I mean, if, and if we want our listeners and followers to follow you, where's the best place to send them for that too? Um, I've got a website, so it's delaroz.com, D-E-L-A-R-R-O-Z.com. Yep. And, uh, I've got a newsletter on there. So the, the best thing is that, uh, not only that, but you, uh, when you sign up for my newsletter, you get a free graphic novel for me, uh, digitally, of course. Cool. So you, you get to check out my work for free. You get on the list. So like every time I have a new release, uh, it's out. And mm. for people who don't know, like I don't I don't just like rest my laurels on these crowdfund campaigns, but I use these funds to like fund extra comic books. And then I put those out uh, really expensive, inexpensively on Amazon. So it's like oh, people okay. can read, you know, different issues of, uh, of comics for like $2.99 or $3.99, just like you'd get from a Marvel or DC comic. That's so cool. Uh, the whole comic medium is supposed to be like a pulp medium. So I, I, I'm, very, I'm very adamant that you should be coming out with something monthly at least, right? Yep, yeah, no, for, for sure. And like when you start hiking those single issues to $5.99 and like- you That's know, tough, It's yeah. like, come on, come on. Which I, which I, which I have to for my, yep. my print ones, right. uh, yep. because you know, unfortunately like I'm at quantities where you know it's tough it's it's tough to get print runs done mm -hmm. but uh, you know what but but for digital for people who just want to read real quick uh we definitely try to keep the price as low as possible mm -hmm. awesome yeah. yeah so everybody remember to go check him out on uh the website and everything and those links will be down below the indiegogo campaign and his website will be in the show notes yeah john thanks so much for being on we really appreciate your time yeah thanks and, cool. and we'll yeah. have to uh we'll look forward to talking to you again next time yeah we'll definitely the next one if you want to, if you want to hear me ran, ramble about Hawkman and Batgirl some more? Yeah. Oh, for sure. <laughs> more, more character. Yeah. All the characters nobody wants to talk about. Let's go. <laughs> awesome. And we're back. Awesome. So yeah, everyone, check out this awesome project. And we, I, the art is really cool. I mean, I'm looking to order it right after this episode. So.
Yeah, I've been yeah. getting really into old Conan, like the the stuff he talked about, seventies and eighties Conan, mm-hmm. yep. Roy Thomas, and a bunch of others. Yeah, and I get hard vibes from that oh, era yeah. of Conan, so I'm really into this. Plus, it's the the Catwoman that really grabbed him, but it's alright. It is, you know, as long as there's a butthole in there, I'm good. <laughs> oh my god, it really freaks you out, huh? You jumped on that Kevin Smith train. <laughs> Well, did I ever tell you my uh, my <laughs> Force Awakens story about that? No. So, okay, when Star Wars Force Awakens came out, I was a single man. Mm-hmm. And I went to the midnight show by myself. And I sat down, and I just happened to be sitting next to two very lovely young ladies around the same age as me. And, A, well, at the end of the movie, they, like, ran away from me because I was crying because I was so happy. But B, in the middle <laughs> really of the movie, quite, yeah. and it's actually like right in the beginning, when they're running through um, Jakku, yeah. and they come across that giant monster with like the yeah. tongue slurping up, yeah. I just yeah. look up and I'm like, it has a butthole. <laughs> and one of them looks over at me like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> they're like, this guy is a creep. Oh my god. You never told me that story. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah, well, I would have been like, what the fuck? I would have known what you meant, but I I was Uh, so excited. I was like, where's my friends to say, like, hey, look at the butthole, everybody. High five, everybody high five. It's like, we got one. Um, Then you all could have abandoned me when I started crying, too. Yeah. (laughs) If anybody's confused about that, that all stems from, like, you know, I've never thought about that, but Kevin Smith had always talked about how Jurassic Park always freaked him out because the dinosaur CG, they never just gave him a butthole. They gave us a giant amount of shit and a whole scene about that. <laughs> Anyways, uh, let's talk comic news. Um, Marvel has announced that Deadpool is getting his own black, white, and red series. Uh, you know, I can't imagine what they're really mimicking there. Uh, we know that the first issue will release in August and that Declan Shelby is doing one of the stories. So that's uh, obviously a nod to the Batman black and white stuff, right? Yeah, and, and they've been... Uh, it started with Wolverine. It was black, yeah. white, and red. And now they're yeah. doing Carnage, black, white, white, and blood. Oh. And then this is another one. Yeah, it's it's a shot at that. It's a shot at Harley Quinn, black, white, and red. It's. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, yeah it's, yeah, it's Deadpool, mean, If you're a Deadpool so. fan, yeah, you'll read it for sure. Uh, here we go. DC, excited, everybody. DC is teaming up with Fortnite for a new digital first limited series. The series will be called Batman slash Fortnite Zero Point, written by Christos Gage and art by Riley Brown, uh, Christian Duce, Nelson DeCasto, and John Calise. Uh Whatever. I mean, there's there's big fans of Fortnite. Are they going to jump into comics because of Fortnite? Maybe. Um, that's cool. If you want to get more people in comics, I'm not going to read this personally. I did buy, like, when I knew the Batman skins were for sale on Fortnite, I bought them just to have them because I'm a huge Batman fan, but, like, I don't play the game anymore. Um, I mean, your your sons are playing it, right? Fortnite still? or Yeah, and my yeah. feeling of this is it's not for me, it's not for you, but right. there's hundreds of thousands of people that read comics. Yep. There's tens of millions of people that play Fortnite, Right. So if we can steal a couple of them, especially the kids, right, right, yeah, oh yeah, and get them in this way, 
Hey, like, I'm not saying that tens of millions of people are going to jump over to comics because of this, but like, who knows? Maybe tens of thousands do when they're young and they're kids and they keep it alive. So that when you and I are in a nursing home together, still reading Batman, yeah, we're like, thank God Fortnite got those kids into it. Yep, yep. Because and that's what it's all so, about. Yeah, that's why I try not to shit on things as much as I used to as a young lad. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a seasoned veteran of shitting on things now. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> let's uh, let's talk about what we read this week, Chris. Um, I have a feeling we crossed over on everything. I. So, really quick, Generations Forged came out. I got about halfway through it, and I was like, there's a lot of comic here. Uh, Did you read the first one? Generations no. Shattered? I, I, if I did, I don't remember. So, so uh, I, I bought Generations Forged, but it's mostly because I'm insane. Um, right. I read Generations Shattered, and I was kind of like, eh. Yeah. But... I want to see where it ended. So, yeah. But that was the one that was teaming up like the Green Lantern, um, Sinestro, and right, right. Detective 27, Batman, and yep. Commandy. <laughs> yeah, I started reading this, and I, that's, why I, that's why I remembered what it was. I was like, oh no, Commandy's in this book. And that's kind of what, like, I put it down, and then I read everything else for the week. So I don't know if you want to talk about it, but I didn't finish it. I didn't get a chance to read it, because that's a book where I was like, I'm probably not going to enjoy this, but I wanted to see where it's going, so I'll just read it later in the week. Uh, I will talk about a number one I read that was pretty awesome. Uh, Stray Dogs number one, uh, Image Comics, because there's a dog on the cover. It was literally the reason I was like, and it's called Stray Dogs. Um, Solid reasoning. Yeah, Tony Fleeks and uh, Trish Forstner on the art. Basically, this uh, this dog gets brought to a new home with lots of other dogs. Um, we we start off the issue with like it going to the vet, and obviously you can talk to the other dogs after it goes to this new foster home for dogs. Uh, and it, as like the day progresses, it starts to remember like uh, the the new owner. They're like, oh, this owner is great. We get to all sleep in the room with him, and we get a, there's a shit ton of dogs in this home, like twelve dogs, and the the owner like comes to like wrap the new dog up with because it, it looks cold and gives a, uh, the dog a scarf and realizes oh it's her owner's scarf and that her owner was strangled with it and that's what happened is this guy is murdering people and taking their dogs um but the dog wakes up in the morning and can't remember really anything about it because i think certain dogs have uh you know short term memory loss or something like that um so yeah, so it's it, and that's how it starts off is like she was uh, the one dog has a friend that confided like believes her that the owner's a killer. Mm-hmm. Uh, she wakes up and then the the friend's like, well, "What happened about that story?" She's like, "What story?" So um, it was a pretty good solid first issue, you know. If you like dogs, if you like you know murder mysteries, pretty cool. So dogs have a very weird memory. You yeah. know, when you have a dog and you leave for work and you come yeah. home and the dog yeah. acts like, "Holy shit, I can't believe you're back!" Right. It's because they just they think that you you left them like oh, they yeah. forget yeah. that you're like the guy that feeds them every night and right, like, right. holy yeah. shit he's back <laughs> oh man yeah um, that's why you get that's that what scientists love. told me once yeah I love dogs uh, future state suicide squad number two this is Robbie Thompson and Javier Fernandez on the art uh, pretty uh, pretty awesome. Uh, and then there's the Black Adam part two of this. Uh, 
Yeah, so Walrus successfully seals... the. Her plan is to seal off Earth-3 um, from everything, like the multiverse, right? She wants to protect it, I guess, from invasions. Uh, and almost everyone dies on the Justice Squad and the Suicide Squad, um, which, you know, like, she's blowing people up, but also she kind of orchestrated it that everyone dies except Connor. And even she was dies in the end but except for connor kent uh superman and he's she basically says to him like i orchestrated this to protect the world and now you can go on and be superman and protect this earth it was a pretty cool story um and i, I yeah. love the ending yeah you did i thought it was I, I thought it was awesome yeah the ending where she's just like not only did i protect the world and do what i seek to do yeah but you get to live out your dream, who like what you want to be, who you want to be. You get to be Superman for this yeah. world, and I was like, that. It was pretty it was, cool. It was beautiful, man. Yeah. And then, uh, and then we got the other really cool uh, second half of the Black Adam story that ended with um, this is Jeremy Adams and Fernando Pissarin on the art. Uh, we that issue ended off with Gold Beetle showing up, and so we get the whole origin of like she explains who she is and why she can help. Um, she basically hangs out in the time stream with uh, the uh, linear police, I think they were called, right? Um, they she gets everybody out because there's like the um, the unkindness and evil is taking over the world. So she brings them to hell uh, to escape, um, and it's empty in hell except for the Phantom Stranger who talks about Raven getting loose and releasing the unkindness onto the world and taking over things. So that now we're, now we're talking about where this ties in with the Shazam story where Raven was unleashed from hell. Um, that's why hell's empty is because like, like Oh, they're going to go kill everything now. So that was, it, that was like the first tie in I've really seen between books. I haven't been reading all of them. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So he talks about Raven getting loose and the unkindness is destroying everything. Uh, then he takes them to the Tower of Fate where the uh, the quintessence is, is all that, like pretty much the remaining magic users um, who are the, they're the guardians of the multiverse. It's a lot of magic users. Uh, and there's this giant fight that happens. Um, but it, it basically ends up with Black Hat. Like the only way he can beat the evil is if he gives up his power and sacrifices himself to lock him away in the in hell in his prison that he was in before. Um, there's a lot of comic book science and magic going on here, but basically it was showing that like Black Adam at the end of the day he is he's still there to protect people. Um, and I think they want us to get go like he's gonna end up locked away like he was before and how is he gonna get out of there? Sealed away. Um, so I guess we'll we'll see what happens there. Yeah, well, the rumor is, and we'll find out next week with uh, um, well, Infinite Frontier number zero, is that he's going to become kind of a heroic figure. Yeah. So I think that's what they're setting him up for. Crossover number four, man. This was the tie-in we wanted, baby. Um, Donny Cates, Jeff Shaw. Uh, basically, the group of heroes... They decide we need to go to we need to get into the bubble somehow. How are we going to get into the bubble? Well, there's this hero museum in Earth where all the you know civilians like to um, you know gawk at all the items from superheroes, and so they go there. Uh, there's some cool fight scenes where um, 
Uh, I can't remember his name. Who's the guy? Madman? Madman does like that cool yo-yo thing where he beats everybody up with the yo-yo. That's pretty cool. I love that sequence because it's yeah. straight out of Madman comics. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. Um, so there ends up being a... Uh, so... We we find out well we find out that the heroes' powers are weakened the longer they're away from the bubble that's why they can't get in there so that's why they end up at the museum. Um, there's this old woman there that's been waiting for them though, and says, "Oh, I you know I I know your father and what you need," and uh, brings her to this giant sword. And then we get this we get this origin story for the giant sword and who this old woman is. Uh, do you want to explain from there, Chris? Because this is pretty exciting stuff. Oh uh, yeah, it's 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 the sword from God Country. Yeah, it is. And she's the little girl. I love that. Right in the middle of this book, there's like, do you want to know who? And it says, "What the hell is Valifax?" Yeah. And then it takes pages from God Country, inserts them into the book. Yeah. And then says, "Oh, if you want to keep reading, go buy the graphic novel." You slow. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but what an amazing tie-in! So Valifax is the sword from the awesome series God Country, um, and. And that's that's where we left. But there's also some other things going on. The father, uh, the priest father of the uh, the kid who is working with the FBI, is um, he has a superhero in the basement of his house, and he's like beating the crap out of him. I think he's trying to find a way into um, the bubble. I would assume with that. So moment of ignorance here. I have no clue who that person is. Do you? The superhero he's beating up? Yeah. I don't think we're supposed to know. I think it's just some random superhero A that he's going to get this info from. Okay. I, uh, see, I'm trying to... The entire time reading, I'm just like... it's. I'm feeling like it's going to be an indie superhero. Oh, maybe, yeah. And I'm just like, who is it? And I can't place it. And hopefully somebody can tell me one day. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then we get the, go- the government is stitching together their own Frankenstein superhero um, to send after the other heroes. I'm with, guessing, uh, yeah. With the greatest code name for a government program ever. Yep. The Amalgam Program. Mm-hmm. I'm so happy. And uh, I think that's what the I think that's why the head of the guy gave him that bullet with like the kryptonite in it. I think that's who he's supposed to shoot. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I think it's all coming together now. Because you know they're not really supposed like. Obviously, Donnie didn't get rights from DC and Marvel, so they're kind of different versions of these characters. But you see in the background Cyclops, essentially, and Hawkeye, and what looks like uh, the element guy from DC. I forget his name now. But the amalgam thing looks like Hulk with, like, Spider-Man hands and Mm -hmm. things, legs, and it's weird, and I want to see more. I want to survive it. Oh, yeah. Such a good series. So. Yeah. It's awesome. Um, yeah, I'm really liking it, especially now that they tied it to God Country. Uh, okay, let's... Legion Superheroes will go pretty quick. This is number two by Bendis and uh, Riley Rossmall on the art. Um, it was an element lad that, you know, destroyed all the worlds and stuff. It was actually... Saturn Girl was behind it all because Saturn Girl comes from the Titan people who are pretty much a hive mind. Um, so with the hive mind, they infiltrated the Legion throughout the years and caused all this fighting in between them and with Element Lad doing all the crazy shit he was doing. So they developed a plan to go back to the a home world of Saturn Girl with the 
where the Titanians live. Um, but they basically develop a plan to cut them off from hurting anyone. And then John Kent shows up with all this space gear on and then they're the Legion again. <laughs> so you could tell that Bendis was kind of just like, he, like you said, he's like, I like the Legion's already in the future. What can I, so he basically gave us a thing like, you know, all this stuff's going to happen, but you know, Saturn girl is behind it and then we resolve it pretty quickly. And then John Kent's back. Like, um, it wasn't bad, but it was like kind of not necessary, right? So, still waiting on that Legion of Superhero announcement for uh, yeah. Infinite Frontier. Yeah, I know. You know, Gold Lantern. What the hell? Come on. Um, Future State Dark Detective number four. This is uh, Tamaki Mora, um, or uh, Tamaki and Mora on the Future State Detective, and then Red Hood number two with Williamson and um, Milo Giannis. So the dark detective story, Bruce um, gets Hannah and her father somewhere safe because the apartment is exposed um, to the uh, magistrate. Uh, and then we find out that Hannah is a programmer for magistrate. That's why they've been keeping eyes on her. Um, they blow up their apartment that they were living in. Batman and magistrate fight. We find out that magistrate's a normal guy. I thought he was just a robot. Um Pretty much Batman blows everything up, and that's how the that story ends. So, I mean, nothing really crazy happening there. The Red Hood story was pretty cool. Um, Red Hood grabs the Red Hood villain mask and goes back to the person that was controlling uh, that Red Hood, and it ends up being the White Rabbit. Um, finding out that they needed the tech, like the headpiece back because the White Rabbit has been working with the Magistrate. So then we find out the Magistrate is working with supervillains for some reason. Um, basically they get, she gets caught up with, you know, he gets caught up with magistrate and there's a huge fight that happens, uh, with Ravager. Um, she shows up to, cause she actually, you know, wants to help Red Hood after pretending that she didn't. Um, and they beat them and the magistrate's like, oh, we fixed the system to where, you know, you won't register as a vigilante anymore. Cause that was the whole thing of like he was registering as a vigilante and that's why magistrate and everybody was chasing after him. So yeah, the red, the red hood story was solid. The uh, dark attack. It was, it was okay. Um, and that's what I had for the week. Oh, I'm disappointed. Right. Me? Uh, a little bit. Uh, I got? next I got future state Superman versus imperious Lex number two. Okay. Were you not reading this? No, I'm not reading that book. Oh, this is the Mark Russell Superman book. Oh, it is? Oh, yeah. Okay, that's what I missed. Okay. So, know that. they end up letting Lexor into the United Planets, and Lois Lane has to go down and informs Lex of all the different things he has to do as part of the United Planets, which is a lot of, like, you share resources with us, we share resources with you, blah, blah, blah. And while doing this, they find this crystal in a mountain that's full of these crystals that are basically clumps of energy. So you can basically think of it as super coal. You burn one and it can power everything for years upon years. Mm-hmm. So basically they're like, this will solve the energy crisis for the entire galaxy if we mine this. And when Lex gets a, a whiff of it, he's just like, well, fuck this. Like, it's mine. I'm going to sell it and get even richer. And then tries to force his way out of the United Planets. So the whole issue is like him conflicting with that. And in that conflict, Superman comes down. Mind you, Lexor's not dumb. He chose a planet with a red sun. 
So when uh, Superman comes down, he has so much time to fight before he loses his power. They have their fight, and then Lois comes in and saves the day. But in the fight, uh, Superman's able to steal some of the crystal mm-hmm. and then goes back to the Fortress of Solitude and synthesizes it. Uh, so when Lex, or Lex Luthor's sitting there like, ha-ha, I won, and they're going to have to buy this from me, and I'm going to be rich. Yeah. It's like, Butler comes over and is like, well, nobody bought any. And they flash over to Superman. He's like, yeah, I synthesized this. You got to have free. Fuck Lex Luthor. <laughs> That's all. That's a great story. It's, it's a really cool story of, like, political intrigue and not, like, capital P politics, but lower right. P politics. Right. And how Superman perceives villains and, like, the fact that he does neither him nor the United Planets nor Lois want to punish the planet as a whole that has millions upon millions of people who are basically brainwashed by Lex, mm-hmm. but also fuck Lex Luthor. Yeah, for sure. So I really enjoyed the story so far. It says to be continued in the back. I thought it was two issues. Maybe it's three. If it oh. is, cool. Okay. But the story did kind of end. Cool. Uh, and then I got uh, Future State, Superman House of L, which is a continuation of Philip Kennedy Johnson's Superman. Mm-hmm. Um, this is... In this version, Superman's very much an old man, and we kind of see his descendants and what they're doing. And they have a last stand where they have to hold off this horde that's been taking over planet by planet, and they have control of New Genesis and Apocalypse and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. And so it's a lot of punchy-punchy, which I really liked. And then at the end, they have Brainiac 4 is helping them out, and he sends out this... Uh, the signals and tells them like, we have one last hope. We have one last hope. And right as he says that he gets, he dies in yeah. classic, like action movie sequence. Yep. Classic. And what that signal was, is they found, they found where Superman was. And so Kal-El at the end of the book comes in and basically saves the day. Okay. And then the big kind of behind the scenes intrigue to that is the person they were fighting against was this weird son of Superman mm-hmm. who they really quickly are just like, your mom basically stole my sperm and took off. Yeah. Classic story. Really, yeah. Without really saying that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's Kevin <laughs> Smith Superman right there. Basically. <laughs> but, uh, I, it got me excited because we talked about at the top of the show, uh, Philip Kenny Johnson Superman starts next week and I'm right. just, I can't, you know, say enough good things about his writing. So yeah, I'm excited right, for it. Right. Awesome. And then last week, I didn't get a chance to talk about it because I didn't get a chance to read it, but Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Last Ronin number two came out. Okay. And uh, there's a lot of really cool things in here. First, we get how uh, um, one of the brothers dies in this issue and kind of what caused this future to happen, which is the foot plan went all out and killed Splinter. Mm. And then uh, we get kind of the backstory of... uh, which brother was it? I forget. But one of the, the brothers dies, basically going all out against the Foot Clan. And in the present, like a Donatello thing to do. It was, yeah, it was Donnie. Yeah. So in the, the present, we, we get that story, and in the present, we get uh, Mikey and April kind of catching up. What's been mm-hmm. happening, how they've been doing, blah, blah, blah. And we get this revelation that Mikey's still mutating. Like, he's... It's not oh. that he mutated once and then yeah. stayed that way. Uh-huh. Like his body's still mutating and he's even more powerful than he was before. Oh. And uh, 
And then he kind of tells the backstory of what happened after all of his brothers died. Where And that was a really cool sequence because Kevin Eastman actually did the art for it. Uh-huh. So it's classic Mirage Turtles art. And uh, then we end up finding out that April and Casey actually had a daughter together. Oh, okay. So, so now uh, their daughter is talking to Mikey saying, I've, you know, I grew up hearing stories about you and, you know, I don't like these guys either. I'm going to help you out. And, and at the end of the book, we get a reveal that April has, I think his name is Calix. I'm not the biggest turtles fan in the world, everybody. So I'm sorry, but there was like a little robot that they had running around with them. I think his name was Calix and she pulls his head out of a safe. And like uh, walks away, and that was the last panel of the book. Was like her being like, "Look what I got." Mm. I really love this book. It's it's Dark Knight Returns with giant mutant turtles. Right, like, right. What's not to love? That's awesome. That sounds awesome. Yeah, but so that's all I had this week, uh, Mike. Where can people find you on that internet? You can find me at Fortress Ricker on Twitter. Where can they find you under the show? Well, you can find me at Fortress Chris on Twitter, and they can find the show at Fortress Comics underscore on Twitter, also at FortressComicNews.com. Uh, real quick, everybody, this Tuesday, check out uh, Comic Book Rundown. I did a review of the original, not Captain America, the first Avenger, the 70s Captain America movie with the guys over there. And that's going to launch tomorrow. Awesome. Uh, so check that out. And... All the other stuff. The, if you're listening to the show, give us a five star review or whatever way your podcatcher uses to review the show. And if you're watching us, to like, subscribe, share, comment down below, and all that fun stuff. So, and if you want to be the extra special, awesome uh, listener, Patreon.com/slash/FortressComics. Thank you all so much for listening, and we'll see you all next week. Bye.